Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. I have not talked about Ukraine at all, really, this whole summer. And some of you are probably wondering, why isn't he talking about Ukraine? Why isn't he talking about Ukraine? A lot of his friends and colleagues are talking about Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. On one side, you have people like, how much are we going to pour into Ukraine, right? We keep keep sending billions of dollars over there. How much more can Ukraine expect from the United States? I saw a funny meme. If the IRS is looking for tax dollars that may be hidden, maybe they ought to deploy to Ukraine. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Zelensky, uh, we're just here to audit uh, the money that we sent to you by the Biden administration. Of course, they would never do that. We've been pouring billions into that country for 30 years. Then there's another side. It says, we're not doing enough. By any means necessary to defend Ukraine. I haven't really been wrapping my head around it. You know why? Two reasons. We got our own problems. And it's obvious this administration can't walk and chew bubblegum. They could even handle the Afghanistan pullout. A war with Joe Biden as commander-in-chief would be a disaster. And I like to think 10 miles down the road. We don't know what Joe Biden's health is going to look like in two, three years from now. The man is clearly uh, not well. What did his wife get, COVID again? How are the most vaxxed, boosted people who have the first access to the best of health care just keep getting infected. They just keep getting sick. Are they immune compromised, the two of them? I don't know. But try to imagine waking up and hearing that power has transferred to Kamala Harris in the middle of a ground war in Ukraine with U.S. boots on the ground. Try to imagine that. Is there a principle there in pushing back on Russia? Yeah. But it's kind of amazing how we talk about the borders with Ukraine, which apparently are uh, the epitome of moral, but not our own. It's hard looking at our border and what's happening at our border and what is our sovereignty is eroding right now. You know, too many people are worried. Don't don't say replacement theory. Don't don't, don't say it. You're going to get accused of it. I don't really care what these people think. Just because they designate something and say, if you sign on to or point to or allude to anything related to this thing, we get to label you a white supremacist or a whatever. I don't really care. I don't I don't justify what I'm going to say on this program, but what the uh, no matter what I say, if you are a conservative in this business, no matter what you say. You're going to be called uh, a Nazi or, uh, uh, I don't know, even if you're black. I mean, people have called David Webb like, you white supremacist. So that's that's all they got. Again, if you color everything safety orange, nothing stands out. If everything is racism, then nothing is racism. If the only answer you have, oh, I think taxes are too high. Well, you're a racist. What? Well, yes, we have to spend because we spend on people who are not white. And if you're against on the spending, against the spending, you're against people who are not white. So cutting taxes is racist or something. You, you, there's, there's, there's no point in even calculating what these people are going to say because they say the same thing every time, no matter what you say. 
And, you know, you see this. You know where you see this? We'll get deeper into this later in the program if we have time. Is in the Pennsylvania Senate race. Oh, Dr. Oz said crudite. He's supposed to be saying chopped vegetables. That's what real working class people say. Yes, the snobs in the medium. The snobs in the medium. Who, if they even have crudités around, don't do the chopping themselves. Oh, but look, Fetterman is so real. He's so down to earth. Let me tell you something. If the roles were reversed, they'd be calling him a big, fat, stupid loser. That's what they'd be saying. They'd be telling you he he kind of has the appearance of a neo-Nazi. Yes, 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 yes. Neo-Nazis tend to shave their heads and grow goatees and uh, tell that to Stone Cold. But that's what they would be saying. That's what they'd be saying. Now they're trying to hit Dr. Oz. Look, and I am no fan of Dr. Oz. I am no fan of Dr. Oz. I'm not out there uh, making the case for Dr. Oz. But the guy's not a bum. The guy's not a bum. If if anything, it reminds me of 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 looking at he's kind of Mitt Romney. He's kind of the Turkish Mitt Romney, isn't he? Kind of, in a way. A decade ago, I'll never forget sitting with Glenn Beck. And he looked at me and he said, Give me one reason to vote for Mitt Romney. And I said, He's not the communist. Good enough, right? If that's what it's coming down to. You have a you have a a burning in that race. But he, he doesn't say crudite. He wears sweatshirts. You know, he's the everyman. He's the everyman. Yeah, the everyman who didn't work a job till he was 40 and whose mommy and daddy sent him off to Harvard Business. That's the that's the everyman now. Doc, they're not, if Dr. Oz was running as a Democrat, they'd be talking about him being an immigrant and a man of color and a Muslim and a man who worked his way up. He's the epitome of the American dream. I mean, what are they going to say? <laughs> Next thing you know, the Democrats are going, hey, hey, he's pals with Oprah. That's a disqualifier now in Democrat circles. I mean, the whole thing is upside down. The whole the whole thing is upside down right now. All these left wing Democrats are all of a sudden in love with Fetterman. And they're mocking, they're mocking Oz for having a second home or a third home or crudités and charcuteries and, and all this other stuff. Yes, I can pronounce charcuterie. Isn't a crudite just a vegetarian charcuterie? All of a sudden, Democrats don't like the fancy speak. Next thing you know, they're all going to have Southern drawls. Yeah, all of a sudden, the Democrats are all going to start saying, get her done. But that's a matter of convenience. That's a matter of convenience. It's 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 kind of funny to watch this race, actually. You know, deep down, like, why can't we just reverse these two? Why can't why can't the Republican be the big fat guy uh, with the shaved head and the and the hoodie? You're telling me all of a sudden they find Doctor Oz's uh, background offensive? <laughs> it's like that 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 used to make me laugh. And they go, "Well, Donald Trump was just the apprentice guy." Oh, now you don't like people on the TV box? Whenever I hear someone at MSNBC, you know, railing against Trump, your network created him. You know that, right? Over at CNBC, but who cares? The Democrats now. 
are going to cost the American taxpayer, the new number is $500 billion. $500 billion for this uh, giveaway. And some people are very offended when I say overeducated, useless people. This is about black and brown people, Andrew. And if you're not for this $500 billion, because you don't like black and brown people. Have you ever noticed that when Democrats talk about black and brown people, they're, they're always the downtrodden, the poor, the... The uh, the the marginalized, like the, the, every single black person is like, hey, brother, can you spare a dime for education? Come on, man. Black and brown people. They don't own their homes. Really? There are no black and brown people that own their homes? I bet you if I said right now, I only want to talk to black and brown people who own homes. I could fill up my phone lines right now with black and brown people who own their homes. But maybe we ought to start dealing with something and I, I know that there's been some uh, uh, talk around the edges. How many of these degrees that we're bailing out now, first of all, a lot of these people already got Pell Grants, right? So a lot of people already got subsidized tuition. But maybe we ought to start dealing, uh, dealing with the value of certain degrees. Maybe we ought to start dealing with the value of what you're getting from going to college. I mean, these colleges are, they're, they're, they have masterful sales teams. Come rack up a quarter million dollars in debt. Studying uh, interpretive dance with a minor in social equity. How many degrees out there are really, at the end of the day, useless? I mean, useless. The assumption that if you sit in a classroom, and you do that for four years, that you are now something special. I mean, if you worked your way through college and didn't get to go on spring break, didn't go to find yourself, don't you feel pretty stupid right about now? I know I know, I do. You know, when I was at the University of Florida, I worked at a place called Larry's Giant Subs, as well as working at Rock 104. I worked two jobs while I was in college. Now, that's not everyone can do that. There's only so many jobs in a college town. But people that went out and signed signed off on these giant loans, did they ever, were they ever expected to ever address? You know, you, you have the Democrats. The Democrats want 16-year-olds voting and 9-year-olds deciding whether or not they want to be castrated. They want, they want teenagers making life decisions, right? We had this case in Florida with a 16-year-old girl. Democrats are saying a 16-year-old girl should be able to have an abortion without her parents' consent. She's a woman now. She's a woman. Well, of course, of course we should be taking children out of the home if, uh, if a three-year-old says, I'm in the wrong body. And that parent immediately does not shift gears into air fingers, quote, gender affirming care. Well, that's it. We have to cut off little Johnny's uh, 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 boy parts and turn him into a girl because he's three. He's obviously thought this through. I mean, if three-year-olds can decide their gender, if a three-year-old can decide their gender, maybe we should be asking them while they're in the womb, well, we're not going to abort you, but we're going to send a signal in and ask if your gender is, you know, we don't want to assign your gender at birth. So before you're born, we're going to ask the fetus. We're going to ask the fetus. 
what gender they want to be when they enter our world. When they come through the baby door, we'll let the child select their own, uh, the gender reveal party will be there. Now, it doesn't matter that the fetus, the zygote, doesn't speak any languages yet, has no grasp of the English language or any language. We will find a way to find out what gender the fetus, the zygote, wants to be when it enters the world. Because, you know, a a, a minus three-day fetus can make these decisions. We're being told that children can make permanent life decisions. But an 18-year-old is not mature enough to sign off on a college loan and be responsible for it. That's what we're being told. We are watching as colleges create majors that have absolutely no use in our society whatsoever. And then we are saying now if you've if you've signed off on this, you put in your 4 years, maybe your 5 years, you took a gap year, you know, you had to find you had to backpack through Europe to find yourself. It's a lot of finding we're always talking about people finding themselves. I have to go find myself. Right, well, okay. Well, you let the rest of us know when you find yourself. It's going to cost me a quarter million, but I've got to find myself. Finding myself in college. I'm, I'm finding myself. I'm expanding my horizons. You are not... To, to believe that going into this tiny bubble, this protected little bubble, where now on college campuses you'll never be offended, you'll never have to debate with someone you disagree with, where if you uh, choose your pronouns, the world around you is just going to stop what it's doing. Go, no, let, let us learn everything about you. You're such a special, special person. None of us have anything better to do with our day. Let us sit around and, and take time to know everything about how you want to be perceived by the world. College, if anything, is not progressive. It's regressive in that you're taking people who are approaching the age of majority or in, in the in, at a time of when they should be maturing and we're saying we are going to protect you like you're in pre-K. But we are issuing, we are watching people receive diplomas that for the many will never, there will never be a, a, a job available, made available to them that will allow them to pay back the student loan. That is something that must be addressed. But the Democrats think they can, they, they can, this is a path to victory by making every single American, whoever worked for a living, joined the military, took out a student loan and paid it back, justice, justice is making those people pay not once but twice. Weinzik 695, Patriot 9572874. So much to get to. Uh, there will not be much Ukraine talk. We'll be talking about this piece in the Daily Mail that kind of breaks down the numbers here. We're looking at about a half a trillion dollars. Half a trillion dollars of debt that's going to be imposed upon people who never went to college or who served in the military to get college tuition or who paid off their student loans because they worked their butts off to get there. Now, now we're go- Now what we're going to do is reinforce. As a matter of fact, colleges are going to be like, what? Well, we have to have a, my, a, a major in mime. If we don't have a major in mime, we're missing the boat here. We have to have mime majors. Underwater basket weaving. We're right, they're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. 
You can join me live on the Will Count Majority Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125. <laughs> 